This is Kevin. And this is Ron. And this episode of Your Valuable Home is brought to you by Provia. Provia, a faith-based company that makes entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone, and metal roofing, all of incomparable quality. Welcome to Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast for listeners who believe that residential real estate is the way to build wealth. Hi, I'm Kevin Kennedy, a working contractor and host of Your Valuable Home. Your Valuable Home is for homeowners and investors alike who want to acquire and improve real estate based upon educated decisions. And I'm Ron Milk, Your Valuable Home producer and co-host. Our weekly one-hour podcast is not about doing it yourself. It's about hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. And it's not about flipping. It's about buying and holding to build wealth. Homeowners and investors who strive to create wealth and financial freedom with real estate and avoid costly home improvement mistakes. Your valuable home is for you. The Project Replay made redoing our kitchen and bath trouble-free. Your horror stories have kept us from hiring the wrong contractors. The college segments have taught us how to keep toxins out of our home, what to look for in replacement windows, how to borrow sensibly against home equity, and more. College teaches investors like me how to freshen up my rentals without spending a fortune. Their suggestions are great for ROI. It's time for Your Valuable Home. Hey, Kev, we're talking about an addition that you started, and this is the continuation of that. How deep are you into the project at this point? Well, it's always nice when you start a fresh new show and you're exhausted. As you've seen, I've been exhausted for the last two weeks now. So I, I said to the homeowners when we talked a while back, when I get to the framing part of it and we start ripping the house apart, it's going to move and it's going to move quickly. Okay. So we are, I'm just going to say we're moving right along. We're going to let Joanne, who's back on again, she was on prior to this, talking about how when we were doing the foundation, we're set up for the foundation. Now in that week and a half's time that we've worked there, we're going to talk about how far we got. So Joanne, hey, thanks again for coming on your Valuable Home podcast and talking about your project. You're welcome and it's really going good. I was out there taking pictures again. She takes a lot of pictures. Okay. And then she sends it to me because see, nobody believes that I actually work, but she's actually getting pictures, seeing me working. So Dave also says, you know, I still do the work, but she actually got a couple last night of me sweating my baguettes off because I was up in the attic running the vents for the, oh, yesterday, the fans. Yesterday was a tough day. Oh, yeah. Very humid day, yeah. Well, it was oh. fine because we actually have the air conditioner already in the house, in the addition. Now there's a door missing, of course. That's what we're walking in and out of. But when you get up to the upper attic, because I had to run a vent from the bath fan to the outside up in the attic, right. it was probably about 30 degrees difference. And you know me, I don't sweat, but I was sweating there yesterday. It was that hot. It was brutal yesterday, yeah. So we started Been framing brutal. about a week and a half ago. Man, why don't you tell our listeners and our customers that I do listen to the show, how far are we in, in that week and a half's time that we've been working there? Oh, my God. The rooms are all separated. The studs are up. We're waiting just for insulation and stuff. It's moving along like crazy. So, Ron, we're done framing. Roof's on, Tyvex up. Pro-V and door windows are already installed. We ripped out the whole first floor area that we had to go into the new laundry room, closet, her little kitchen that we talked about prior. That's all done. All the mechanicals are done. Electric's done. The plumbing's done. We're done. And we're already started siding. We're probably about a quarter of the way done siding. We're on the back of the house on one side of the house. You got the drywall up inside too? Drywall's being delivered in two days. Ah. We start our inspection. So right when I left, I told my former Dave, I said, listen, the electrical inspector will be here. We get that inspection tomorrow morning, eight o'clock. We do the mechanical, the framing, the plumbing. That gets inspected. Then we start throwing the insulation up as quick as possible because I have it the next day, uh, that morning, an insulation inspection. That day, then the, the drywall's being delivered in two days and then they're installing it the next day. In less than two <laughs> weeks, we framed it, roofed it, did the whole insides, all the mechanicals and everything and dried wall in less than two weeks. Okay. So for people to say that it takes a while to do a addition, I ask why. So once the slab was done, it allowed me to get the framing done. So it was that two weekends ago when we started that Saturday, I started framing. 
So when we framed that Saturday, it rained, but we had enough to get done where we had the roofer right on a couple of days later because we can't bring the subs in until the roof gets installed. So that was done and we were watertight. So, and it's been downpouring a couple of days ago, it downpoured like the Dickens. And oh, uh, so the, the rain, I've never seen rain like we've had this year. Well, I, you know, I've been in working outside for the last 34 years off and on. I mean, I've seen this come and go. I've seen the droughts. I've seen the rain come in. And it's just usually the only time if anybody wants it to rain, it's usually when we're starting jobs where I don't want the rain for those couple of days. But we're ahead of it. We're done. We're in, we can go inside any of the times. But we're set up. That's the nice part. And we're getting done. So the homeowner, I always talk with homeowners, when you're really working on this project to make sure you know what you're getting into. And that's what we're doing here in the replay version of the show is to make sure that homeowners know what they're going to get into and they should know what they're getting into. And roughly how long it's supposed to take too. Yeah. Yeah, it's well. it's not that hard to figure out. And before we even started, when we got to the frame, when I knew the schedule, the whole schedule was out. And I remember because we're going to be talking to her son who owns the house because uh, we're putting an in-law suite on now. A few days ago, we were just chatting and he said, uh, you, you guys aren't on schedule. You're ahead of schedule, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I'm tired, but we are about a day ahead of schedule. But the schedule itself, even Chuck said, I don't know how you're going to get done. And I said, do you, do you, did you believe when I got done this schedule and I sent it over to you. Did you think we were going to be on time? It was three weeks. Basically, we were done 90% of the whole edition in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Jermaine, did you think we were going to be done in that time also when I no, said No, I didn't. And I I mean, I guess with me being out there with the whip helps. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's an incentive, isn't it? <laughs> that she yeah. is. But you know, when you, here's yeah. why. When you have super customers, we have fresh water, iced water every morning she brings us. Okay. So she actually made us kibasi the first day we were on the job, like a kibasi for, for breakfast, eh, lunch. Okay. We were eating around ten o'clock, so when we usually take a little break. I had oh, stuffed I gave mushrooms. you some stuffed mushrooms. It's yeah, nice. My son does a lot of smoking. <laughs> we enjoyed over there when when you have a great relationship with the contractor, the homeowner. Yeah, things go better. Just to let you know. Well, that goes for anything in business, actually. So yeah. why is it that we have so many horror stories that people are writing in that they're, they're complaining about it? Because contractors don't have great relationships with their customers. That's why. There you go. Yeah. 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 They clean up after themselves. They're in here, get their job done, and they're then they're gone. You know, it's it's moving along very quickly. I'm happy with that. Well, here's what I think is when we run into like snafus, like a little bit of problems that we run into, we know how to adapt very quickly to get it. Now, I'll give an example of the insulation we had today. Her and I were shopping this morning looking for R49 insulation because when she went to one of the box stores, they sent the wrong stuff out. They put 24-inch on center. And they really, very rarely have, but we adapted. We got it done because here's one of the other reasons that I was stripping the house out last Wednesday, and there was an added insulation we called the chocolate jimmies right. that were in the ceiling. <laughs> Ron's looking at me. He's like, what, do you mean? What, are you, what are you talking about? Mouse poop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's always fun to deal with, mouse poop. Guess who got to deal with it and eat it? That was me. Oh, boy. We're, we're <laughs> ripping it down. And, and I told her, I said, yeah, we have a little bit of a, a mouse problem. We're going to address it. We're going to clean it all up. And she's like, I don't believe it. She saw the poop everywhere. She's like, oh, my God. It could have filled up a quarter of a trash I got pictures of it. Where was it? In the attic? <laughs> yep. Yep. That was in the attic. And then when we started ripping the sidewall first, we noticed the insulation was pushed down and it had a nasty odor. And I said, it's, it, it's mouse droppings that have been in the wall for years. And we literally pulled it out and you could just see the oh, it's oh nasty and has a nasty odor to it. So yeah, I started sure stripping does, the insulation yeah. down. Uh, just because, it, look, we're here. Uh, it's The insulation's already destroyed. It's already matted down. So why not put fresh insulation that's going to make a difference? And your return on that investment is going to be really inexpensive. And it, even as I said, because well, when, when I talked to Joanne, I said, listen, here's what we're going to do. We'll just go buy it. That's why I said, you go buy it and I'll put it up for free. So there's no additional labor cost. So when you have a good contractor that doesn't nickel and dime you to death, that's when you know you're going to be in good shape. Because why, why nickel and dime? I'm, I'm there anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Just do it. It's yeah, sure. It's take me another Absolutely. half hour. It's yeah. not a big deal. It builds a better relationship up that way. Joanne, don't you think so? Yes, and I'm, you take me shopping with you. <laughs> well, next time we're going shopping, we're going to go out for some cowboy steaks. So I said, I said, oh, yeah. we, we got to do a little smoking here. So we're going to have our son do a, a nice dinner for us towards the end, one of the, uh, as we get closer to it. But could you give any of our listeners any advice uh, when they're going into an addition, what they should be looking for when they're hiring a contractor, in your opinion? Well, you have to make sure that you get the right one. And my son checked around with a couple different people, and then you came highly recommended. So that's why we went with you. Oh, well, that's good. Pretty simple stuff, right? It doesn't work that way with a lot of people. A lot of people... Uh, well, a lot of people don't check around either. They don't do their, home, they don't do their homework. Well, if, if you ever notice on those social media sites that her and I were talking about, and they were talking about how people always recommend certain companies, and I always want to ask the homeowners, why do you recommend them? Like, what do you know specifically that you feel that that contractor is so good? Well, it's if he's doing the right work and he's looking out for you, not for him and sending it out to everybody else to come in and do the work that he's getting paid for. Pretty much. I always do multiple choices. One, you're referring because you think the guy's a nice guy and you just want to feel good about yourself by putting your name out. Is probably it a part the, of that. There's, there's a lot of that going on probably. But yeah, yeah you, know, you always talk, because every time I would speak to somebody and say, why did you refer the guy? Well, he's very good. Did you see his work? Well, no, we don't really see his work. We don't know what we're doing, but why do you refer him? Well, the guy's a good guy and he's just trying to make a start in a business. But I said, well, I, I saw some of his work. It's really bad. So why are you referring a contractor who's really bad in workmanship? Maybe they don't know it's bad work. Well, that's why we say, do you feel good about yeah. it? So that's what, if you're going to refer somebody, don't you want to make sure that you know that you're referring somebody because your name's on it, whether, that they're doing whether good work? Whether a contractor or anything, for God's sake, a car, anything, you got to know what you're talking about. All right. Well, a car is, you know, if you buy a new car, it's a, you're buying it from the manufacturer. You're not buying it from that dealership. So that's a different than a contractor because when you hire somebody to do this job. Well, contract, contracting, every job is a custom job. Mm -hmm. Every single job is a custom job. So you have to trust that, uh, that that person knows how to do custom work. You know, custom work is, could, be, could sound like it's very expensive, but that's not necessarily true. Every contracting job is a your your addition here is a right. custom job. So, wait, do you feel that it, you felt more comfortable with Dave and I on site every day doing the work, or would you feel more comfortable with just him stopping by, having a little bit of coffee, and having subs that you can't really talk to every day? What would you like? What was the selling factor with us? Well, let's put it this way: if you were here and there instead of here all the time, you wouldn't be getting food and water. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. That's that's the way to make them suffer, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, because then I wouldn't know who's showing up. This way, I know. Dave's here every morning. Kevin's right behind him. And, you know, I go to the 7-Eleven at 6 o'clock in the morning and get the ice to put out there for the, the water. And like 6.30, quarter to 7, something like that, uh, Dave is out there in his truck. <laughs> that quick. So, you know. And, yeah, he's, he's and I mean, bird, Kevin even had to take me to pick out f new flooring because my other flooring was on back order. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, and I mean, so, how many contractors did have that will actually go with you and help you pick stuff out? Is there, are there still back order situations? <laughs> There's, yeah, certain products are, still? are back order. Yeah, yeah, that's just the nature of the beefs, what happened. It's the domino effect. It's, it's still going to take a while to get back together mm, so they're just trying wow. to make some of the more popular selling ones what kind of floor was it what was it, was uh, it laminate yeah it was a laminate lvt tile but what we did is when we went there it actually now me being a somewhat of a designer just knowing what colors go very well with 
And again, I'm not the fancy one. I'm not an IDH Donna Hoffman caliber, but it's just something where people are just look for something basic. So what we did is for the first time when, when she had all the product there, we were at Tom Adams, our local sponsor back when we were on broadcasting, we put everything out there. And one of the ones that I chose was to put in was a Cortec product. And she liked this gray color. I said, well, let's put it all together and see what you think. And what do you think? The colors go very well. Oh my God, they're beautiful. Uh, is it the I mean, when marble? you put that, that sample there, that was it. <laughs> Remember, this is your home. You've got to make mm-hmm. sure that when you purchase anything that you're purchasing, you make sure that's right because if you're not going to like it and you saved a couple bucks, say, come with a cheaper version you of it. you got to live with it. And this is a product. Yeah. Anything we're putting on is going to be anywhere from 20 to 50 years that we're putting on. So enjoy what you're going to pick. Sometimes it might cost a little bit more. Sometimes it's a little bit less. But one of the things that you got to understand is that when you do it, it's, it's being done correctly. And that's the nice part because we're, we're get, two days of drywall gets installed. Now, Dave said he's just going to sit there because uh, this we have to sub this out because we're, we're getting a little bit older. And we just got to make sure. And we've been dealing with the same company for well, 15 years. It's heavy years. stuff to deal with. Well, yeah. But when you do it. And bulky, awkward. Yeah, but once you get the hang of it, it's it's easy install because we did it for so many years. We're just getting a little bit older, Dave and I. <laughs> so we're starting to manage <laughs> a little better. Uh, even when we're framing this, it was an easy frame to do. And all weekend, we had probably 90% of the framing done. But even Dave's like, oh, I feel a little sore. So, you know, we're in the mid-50s now. We get a little bit sore, but we want to manage. But I still like to do the work because I know it's getting done right. Way to get to be like 85 and you're still doing it. I'm still doing it. Yeah. Well, Dave's going to be still doing it, I hope. <laughs> so, but it's, it's just keeping the job going smoothly because sometimes when homeowners always ask, hey, what's getting done today? I just go back to the email. So the worst case is that email is going to dictate. The only time I always want homeowners there is for the electric, which was done yesterday just to make sure that if there's any changes, is this exactly what you want? We can change because it's working with us. Just because the plans say something, well, if you don't want that, the homeowner now thinking about now that it's all framed in, we've got to be able to make changes, and that's what we did with the homeowner. You felt that was pretty comfortable just going over everything on what we did? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we went out there yesterday morning, and, you know, we went lights here, there, I did forget about my... Uh, outlet in the bathroom but then i went back out and told them and they said no problem we can handle it now you're good to go so we're going to get your son's version of this next week we're going to give him a call and talk about it next week to see what he thinks and one of the reasons why he chose this also and then we're going to to do is uh, for the final since we're moving quickly on we get to talk about all the final products and how everything looks and how well you got through it okay what are the latest scams and shakedowns Let's find out with Ron and Kevin. It's the Bad Guy Bulletin. Ron, now it is time for the horror story. We're going to be putting in the Bad Guy Bulletin. Yeah, I got a couple of doozers today. A couple, of, <laughs> a couple that happened to me. I'm into crypto to a certain degree, okay? And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are too. A lot of people dabble in it. There are two places to go that are popular to buy crypto. One's called Uphold. The other one's called Coinbase. Uphold just released a notification a couple of days ago. Now people are trying to get your Uphold login information so they can steal all your money out of Uphold. And there's a process. They say what you want to do is put is type it into your browser, Uphold.com, and go on and then request two-step authentication. So it's not a big price to pay to get on the Uphold. So I would do it on Coinbase too, because if the bad guys are into this and Uphold, they're going to get into Coinbase sooner or later too. So protect your crypto dollars and just follow that process and you should be okay. So that's number number one, okay? (laughs) I'm doing research for, I'm on a committee at our uh, development. I'm doing research about a particular hospital. And all of a sudden, this voice comes on. 
Your computer has been locked. Call this number for help unlocking your computer. I'm sure, I'm sure you've... Yeah, make sure you have your social security, your driver's license number, and cash to hand them while you're in. No, I called the number, and I said to the guy, I said, I'll bet you're in India, aren't you? And he says, yes, yes, how'd you know that? Just a wild guess. And I said, I'll bet you want my social security number and all that stuff, and I'll bet you know why my computer's locked, right? Because you created it. And I said, if anything bad comes from this, and my next call is to the FBI, click. <laughs> yeah, right. Click. They had Apple logos all over this. I said, do you really work for Apple? I work for Apple. Yeah, I absolutely work for Apple. Apple said, now we know about it. We, we've been trying to track these people down. They're, they work out of some back room in, somewhere in India. Just don't pay attention to it. Follow this process. And she walked me through the process. Anytime you get this again. Okay, so basically what you have to do, hit your shutdown button, hit the off button on your computer. And I said, I'm doing that. It's not going off. Getting a little worried here. She said, no, just hold it down until the screen goes totally black. Totally black. So I did that. And then, thank God, the Apple logo comes up in a couple of seconds. And that's the only way to really wipe this stuff out, right? So what, what we did after that was we trashed my whole history. And she said, you'll probably lose a lot of the input that you have for sites. For some reason, I did not. I didn't. Thank God for that, because that's hours of, that could be hours of putting in passwords and usernames and stuff like that. Didn't lose it, at least the ones I've checked so far. And she said, just follow this process. Every time this, if it happens again, do the same thing. You don't have to call us. But they know it's going on. They absolutely know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. You don't have a multi-billion dollar company not knowing what's going on. Yeah. Well, today. some of them, I mean, look at it this way. You hear stories of companies getting hacked all the time. So they should know what's going on, but they don't. Somebody's smarter than somebody. Somebody's smarter than somebody, or somebody's not, not minding the store properly. Thank God for Apple. Apple's always very, right on the ball, you know? If you have something like this, they know exactly what's going on. And it's just comforting to, to know that they're out there. Well, the scam's so, everywhere you're going to look, no matter how you look oh at it. Oh, my God. Well, the one I had today is right before I came to the office. Now, this happens more, well, I, which I'm not sure if it's a scam or just, say, somebody trying to give a good sales pitch to try to get a call back. So I got a phone well, call. Well, that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. You don't know. Right. Yeah. So I decided, let me give this guy a call. Uh, it was the small business loan lending. Uh, I don't take loans out. Uh, I just do a job, pay it off, whatever's left, pay myself, pay my taxes, and I'm done. That's the way I've working for the last 34 years. So he's like, hey, listen, uh, this is so-and-so from this company. We, you still have your open loan that you applied for. It's still active. It looks like sometime you did it last year, mid last year. We'd like to talk to you so about it because scam. of the fees uh, are starting to build up. I'm like, well, well, Gotta be what scam. fees are building up? Number one, I don't apply for any loans. I don't do anything. And I don't, I don't do any of this. So even my wife was in the room. She's like, what loan did you apply for? I'm like, none. I don't apply for anything. I said, I don't get involved in any of these companies. If scam. I do, it's going to be a local. So I called them up and I said, listen, uh, I'd like to uh, talk to you about the, the account that was open under uh, last year. One of my guys must have did. If you can give me a call back, I'd really like to talk to you about this. I'd like to just get cleared up so we can keep moving forward. I can get my loan. So I'm trying to pull him back in to say, hey, listen, I, I'd like to see what he's all about so I can let people know that when people call you asking for something and you know nothing about it, do not engage into certain conversations. I mean, I know. Well, I'm not you, don't, you, want, you don't want to stay on the phone for a long period of time because there's a good chance you're going to step on your tail and mention something that's going to give them a tip about whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they usually want the social security number so I could access your account is what they usually say. That's what I get a lot. I'm like, thank you very much. Fraud, hang up, and that's it. But the other one, it's been coming to more to my attention for the bad guy bulletin that it's not so much a bad guy bulletin, but it's something that people ought to be aware of. 
So everybody talks about insurance scams and you have certain insurance scams that will go out. A lot of roofers, we talked about this so many times where uh, they'll knock on your door saying you have hail damage or you have wind damage. Or whatever, yeah. Typical. Mm-hmm. More and more that I've seen talking to certain fire police and, and some other guys, well, if you have a fire in your house, somebody shows up at your house, number one, for to try to get the job of adjusting your house. And number two, a contractor's there following within a minute behind them to try to get the job because it's a fire chasers. You know, you have lawyer chasers, ambulance chasers. Well, these are fire chasers. So somebody shows up at your house really, really quick, say that next day after the fire's done, saying they're a adjuster and they're a contractor and they're gonna be able to work on your house. Uh, don't sign with them right away. You really need to know who that person is, what kind of You're business they're running. you public adjusters? Yeah. Yeah. Public adju- and contractors. Yeah. They're they're in it together. Usually yeah, like, oh, sure, I'm sure. Hey, I'm a public adjuster. Listen, I- Hey, I got it. my buddy, my, my uncle Frank is a roofer. And he's been in business for 47 years 47 in the state years. of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Even though we just checked it out, he's only been in for 47 days. <laughs> But I that's three I just heard of. One was the one we did a horror story on where I caught the guy, and I really uh, had some fun with him. But there was two more in the past week that people were calling in. They had one was uh, Midwest, and then somebody was actually local. Uh, another one had talked to me about it. I said, well, listen, don't hire. The reason why people hire these people so quickly is because they think there's nobody out there to do the job, and they're not going to be able to get started right away. It doesn't work that way. There are very good contractors that can work with you to get the job rolling, by number one, getting it gutted, but nothing, nobody is not in this time of age is going to be not busy. So they will take a little more time to start your job because you they a are busy. Contractor. A co- right. Quality contractors are working. Right. You got to book them. Hey, 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 patience. Yeah, patience, patience, patience. You don't have, look, it's an accident that happened. You had a fire, but for, to hire somebody, because this is three out of three, the one has just had the fire, the one out Midwest and the other one local. I hired with somebody and the one locally, the one I did the horror story on, they're still working on the place. It's been a year now. The guy just wants money. It's all he does. It doesn't work, but he wants more money and more money. But I said, that's the reason why you got these guys that are scamming you because they, they're selling you a bill of goods. They sold you on a lot of pretenses that in the state of Pennsylvania that I know, the HICPA law that's out there, they can't sell that way because they're lying to you. You cannot lie to a protected, uh, projected consumer because if you lie to them to try to sell them, that's deceit, and that's something that the HICPA does not allow in here in the Pennsylvania. But these are some of the things that are happening. So you got to be very cautious on who you, you know sign with. You know what scares the heck out of me? AI. I mean, if all this is so bad now, and I, be- I believe that it's bad because I think we're over-technologized. I think technology is wor- starting to work against us now. And everything we're talking about right now is technology working against Correct. us, right? But I think it works against Americans in a lot of different ways. But Wait till AI comes down the pike. You, you you think you're talking to maybe an old friend or something like that? Or your insurance guy, your own insurance guy. And he says, Kevin, I think you ought to drop everything you got and go with so-and-so, right? How do you know? It's AI. The, the thing looks like your insurance guy. It's going to be an absolute nightmare. And people are pushing for this and pushing for it and pushing for it. It's going to, the, the hackers and all these, these bad actors are going to have a field day with this stuff. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Think, yeah. think about most of the population in America doesn't know computers like they do. So we're going to oh, be relying absolutely. now on this. Yeah, I absolutely. like to not rely on all this stuff as much. I'm still old school the way I like to do things. You still cook over an open fire. You you and Lori cook over an open the, fire. Right? We do. We do. But you know what? It tastes great. That's what I think about it. But you know, I always say to myself, it's just doing it the old way has it never failed us. As somebody just told me earlier when we met him maybe about a year ago, technology is great until it's not. And it's so difficult because, listen, I'm not rocket science where I'm coming and figuring this stuff out. I'm a guy, I'm a contractor. 
I, I know how to write checks. I know how to mail envelopes. I know how to do certain things. And that's what I like to do because it's worked for so long. So why is it better to not say, hey, look, a stamp, but we're keeping the postal service I in don't business? Understand. Or, I don't understand. The re- I can, nobody, nobody can really answer that. And it's like, how did we get to this point, you know? How did we bumble through life without AI? Right. right? Or without Facebook? Or how about I, I can get on my phone, I can turn my heat down, I can turn my oven on, I can do so much with the phone. Well, when I get home, I'll just do the same thing. It, it, it's been this way for how many years? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't need that extra technology to do that because now it's it's an open door for somebody that is really uh, on top of their game to hack somebody. These guys are professional to do it. And I it makes you reliant on all these people too, all the people who fix it. I'd rather do it myself. So here we go. So now I'm going to tease a big series we got coming up. Big okay? one, yep. We're going to start a series. It's called How Will Power the U.S. Going Forward? And we're going to be talking to largely people from the U.S. Department of Energy about wind, solar, hydrogen, nuclear. And then we're going to hopefully get engaged with somebody to talk about how the grid needs to be modernized to accommodate all this stuff. But we're going to lead off with Brandy Snowden. She's a director and researcher at the National Association of Realtors. Brandy's in charge of what they call their sustainability survey, where they talk to their members. They don't go out and talk to the home buying public. They talk to agents and brokers who sell to help a buyer or seller of a house do what they need to do. In the sustainability subject, she covers a lot of areas that have to do with homeowner knowledge about things like solar power, wind power, all these things. I thought that was highly appropriate to lead off because people are going to have to know about this stuff. It's coming. I thought it was appropriate to lead off this series with Brandy and then we'll get into in subsequent shows We'll get into features with all these people from the Department of Energy. Looking forward to it. We're going to start off with uh, solar. Stay tuned. This is going to be very, very interesting, and it's in your future, so it's worth listening to. All right, we'll be back after we take a quick break. Hey, Kevin here, installing another Provia entry door. I do about 50 or more a year. Schlage knobs, hardware, and handle sets make a great complement to any Provia fiberglass or steel entry door. Provia and Schlage, I think, are the best combination of curb appeal, style, and security money can buy in entry doors. And Schlage now has a complete line of Wi-Fi locks, including the new Encode Plus, which can be locked or unlocked with the tap of an Apple Watch. Amazing. Provia and Schlage, there's no better combination for entry doors. Okay, Ron, that is time for the featured segment and a big part series we got coming up. Yeah, we do. And we're going to be talking with uh, Brandy Snowden today. She's director and researcher at the National Association of Realtors, good friends of ours, NAR. Brandy is going to lead off a series that we're doing called How Will Power America Going Forward? And how it has to do with all sorts of alternative power sources, wind, solar, hydrogen, nuclear. And we'll be talking about how the grid needs to be modernized, too, because it definitely needs to be modernized. Brandy did this study, sustainability study. She shepherded this thing through to their members. It was done among their members who were actually agents and brokers, real estate agents and brokers, talking about how their customers feel about certain things. And a lot of those things had to do with power. Brandy, welcome to Your Valuable Home. Thank you so much for having me here today. And I'm happy to be able to share just a couple, some of the highlights from our report. Absolutely. We thought this would be a great way to lead into the series. We're going to be talking to a number of people from the U.S. Department of Energy, leading off with solar. 
Solar was uh, one of the, um, the big questions in your sustainability studies. NAR does many important surveys and reports about residential real estate. I found this one particularly interesting. How many of your members took part in this survey? This year, we um, actually sent it out to a total of 47,000 of our residential members, and we had a little over 2,000 responses back, so about a 4.3 response rate. And this is only among our residential members for this particular survey. I would imagine they were from across the country in order for you to, uh, you know, sort of gauge regional differences in the feedback that they're getting from home buyers. That's correct. Um, so we sent a survey out to a random sample of our residential members. And towards the end of the report, we we're able to include some regional breakouts from our data just to better understand um, some of the regional differences that our members are seeing um, in different parts of the country in regards to sustainability. As I understand it, too, NAR is a leader in the dialogue about real estate sustainability. Am I right about that? Yes, that is correct. And we've been conducting this report for several years. And even recently, we've began to split out this report between residential and commercial members. We began producing one combined report back in 2017, and now it's even grown into two separate reports. So it's always interesting to gain from our members. I found it interesting because I, I looked at your member mission statement reads, provide leadership and strategies on topics of sustainability that benefit members, realtor associations, and communities. Looking in the rearview mirror, Brandy, how long has that mission statement been in place? We've worked in collaboration for this report with our sustainability group who has been working on this even before we began conducting the survey back in 2017. So working directly with our members in order to be able to ask the right questions for our survey and also provide our members with all of the relevant data that will be beneficial to them. So this year we saw that 32% of our members actually reported that their MLS has green data fields. And then we still saw a smaller number, so just 9% saying that their MLS does not have these green data fields. But when we look uh, further into that 32% into some of the uses that they're getting out of these MLS data fields, we see that they're typically using them to promote some of the green features, energy efficient information, and also some of the green certifications within their listings. How do respondents feel about promoting energy efficiency in listings? Just overall, 63% of our residential members actually found that energy efficiency promotion was very or somewhat valuable um, when we look at those two categories together. So we see that even our residential members are seeing the value in promoting these kinds of green data features within homes. And how many reported client interest in sustainability? When we ask our members about their client's perception and also just consumer perception of sustainability, we see that our members are seeing that 7% were very interested in sustainability. And then our largest category, we saw that 41% were reporting somewhat interested in sustainability. We're seeing combined 48% were very or somewhat interested. Really interesting to see um, how our members are viewing their clients and their interests. And how many reported uh, client interest in energy efficiency upgrades? When we look at the energy efficiency upgrades, we ask our residential members about how often their clients are asking for um, some advice about some energy efficient upgrades. And we saw that 14% of our residential members are being asked either very often or often about some of these upgrades. The majority of our members might be asked rarely, but we began asking this question back in 2021. So we continue to see some similar results, but it'd be definitely interesting to see how this continues. Is the interest in that going to increase? 
we would definitely like to see that interest increase. We have seen slight, just a slight drop uh, this year in our members that are reporting that they're never or rarely receiving advice about energy efficient upgrades. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues. As more comes out of uh, the DOE and DC and people become more aware of these things, I think they're going to be more interest across the board. Another thing that we look at in the report is also just the comfort level of our members when they're answering some of these questions and also how confident they are to be able to connect clients with some green lenders in order to take on some of these energy efficient improvements. And we saw that this year, 34% of our members were either extremely comfortable or comfortable with answering these kinds of questions. And we saw that 37% were extremely confident or confident that they could connect clients with these lenders. So that's also another part of that, along with interest, is that our members are able to answer these kinds of questions when they come up. That's a very, very good sign because a lot of questions are going to come up with a lot of homeowners. Do you cover developers too and people who sell for developers? So we asked some more building questions in our commercial sustainability report. So we're actually currently working on completing that. It will be released probably in the next month or two. Still open right now. In that separate report now, we do ask about on the commercial side, yeah, things that pertain to specifically to commercial members. Like a big developer would be like a toll brother would be a considered a commercial member then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good, good, good. So that survey only goes out to our commercial members. So they're able to respond correctly and to all the different questions. So it is a different set of questions that we're asking them. Now, as I recall, a large percentage of respondents reported the availability of properties with solar panels. What was that percentage? When we look at the just availability of solar panels in the market and we ask our members if there are solar panels available in their market, we saw that 74% reported having solar panels available and that's compared to just 17% who say that there are no solar panels available in their market. And then we also ask about some of the perceived effects on property value from solar panels. And I think it's always interesting to see that the majority of our members are actually saying that solar panels can increase the property value of homes that have solar panels. So 34% said that they actually do increase the value. That's interesting. Brandy, when, when these surveys are out, do they give the age of the homeowners? I think that could be a little bit of a factor. The people I've spoke to that are a little bit older in age, more in the 60s, 70s, they're not looking at a big return on their investment when they purchase the solar power. But somebody younger that's going to be in that house for quite a long time. Looking so I'm just trying to see what the, yeah. if, if that survey was part of that, getting the age of the person that's living in that house. So not in this survey, but we actually do conduct a consumer survey of recent home buyers and recent home sellers and a separate spin-off survey that we look at is our generational trends report. So we're able to see just again, some of those differences in home buying preferences among our older and younger generations. And I do believe that we ask about some of the environmentally friendly features. So when we look at the solar panels, I actually have it pulled up, but we do see that this was more slightly more common among our older generations to consider having solar panels as very important. A number of respondents said that a high-performance home has an increase of 1% to 5% of dollar value over similar homes. What exactly falls into the high-performance context? 
in our survey and also with help from our sustainability team and our sustainability advisory board. We define a high-performance home as having a systematic building science approach to home improvements that can increase indoor comfort, health, and operational efficiency and durability. Yes, it is interesting to see that when we ask our members, we see that 11% of our residential members actually said that a high-performance home can increase the dollar value that's offered between 1% to 5%, and that's compared to similar homes that may not be considered as a high-performance home. Would that take into account like you know, all the electronics that can be used to control a home today? Would that be considered in that basket of things? Yes, I believe so. Even just for operational efficiency with all of those upgrades or products that might be of interest to new home buyers or just when home buyers are looking at some homes and they might be looking for those features. That gets into our billing with, with our sponsor too, because Provia makes anything. They make high performance products, windows, doors, so on. So it's on, also so the on. purpose that the, the homeowners, when they purchase the house, have to then start doing the upgrades. Number one, starting with the insulation, uh, making sure their insulation's upgraded to a point because if you put a new heat system in, yeah, well, you'll get more efficiency out of it, but it's still, if you have a lot of energy loss in that home. You want to keep the energy in the house, yeah. So it's Mm -hmm. a bigger problem. Like, I'm trying to absorb everything you're saying and seeing how uh, this would work because it's not where you're, there's still a lot of older homes. I'd say that's probably about 80% of the homes across America when you look at it are are 10 years uh, to 70 years or 80 years longer than they are new homes. Mm -hmm. So how are these homeowners then going to retrofit and what's their cost they're going to need to spend to get to those high efficiency homes, the windows, the doors, the insulation correctly uh, with what they have? And what would that cost be? So that's what I'm trying to think in my mind as we go. I mean, t- time for another story. But this is what I'd be looking at when you're kind of putting the puzzle together, see what the high-efficiency homes are. Uh, that's what I'm trying to envision of what the uh, National Association of Realtors, when they're doing the survey, what are they envisioning of a high-efficiency home? Is it a newer home or an older home? Because I'm sure you're selling to both uh, older homes and newer homes, correct? Yeah, we would consider it either new or older home. But some of the features that we also see of importance at the top of very top of the list is the age and quality of windows, doors, and siding. So along with what you were saying, that's still of very high importance that our members are seeing uh, from their clients. Windows, doors, and yeah. siding. Before I just came to the studio, I've been doing the Provia Cedarmax siding, which is an insulated foam board, which is adding more insulation on top of the older part of the house. But the new addition uh, she just gave me, just give an example when I did the addition. We have the air conditioning, put a whole new system in for them. She said it was 62 degrees in the addition where it was 70 in the main part of the house. Now we're at drywall stage, everything's done. But I said, on top of this, I'm going to be doing some more siding on top of that on old to new to add better efficiency. But you can tell the difference between the insulation that I did on oh, the new course, building yeah. to the old building. So my dilemma is that you have probably 80% of all the homes today are, are anywhere from 25 to 70 years old. How do we get that through the minds of uh, the people that are buying the houses, what they're going to have to do to get to this high efficiency home so we can save the money, so we can run less electric? There's going to be a percent of the, of the buyers who will tackle it to some degree, maybe not to the nth degree, and there'll be other people just ignore it. Mm-hmm. I think the majority, if it's not really cosmetic, like a kitchen or something like that, probably going to ignore it. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, there's a critical stage. Yeah, right. At critical stage. But it's just making sure they know what to do because there's not just windows or doors. And I even tell people today, if, if your insulation in your attic is four inches thick and you put brand new windows and doors and unbelievable siding on, which way is that heat rise? Do you got to do it. You got to right. do it. You it's all escaping it. out the top. Yep. So it's a lot of more of to get to that high efficiency house is what I'm saying. There's going to be a lot more money that they're going to need to be spending over a course of time to get that house to that. And if the yeah, National Association Real are sending that with that survey, are they understanding that maybe a question would be, are they understanding what they're going to need to do to take a 1960 house and get it to that high efficiency house and what those costs would be? 
Well, the, re, remember, they're talking to their members. They're right, not talking members, to right. I know, to, but yeah. it's, it's going to lead to the who they're selling to eventually, mm-hmm. correct? Brady, would it be possible if I can take a look at that survey with your members? You've got it. It's online. It's on? Because okay, so we can do that, and then I can it. just yeah. take a look at it yeah. just to see if maybe I could give you some insight on some, what homeowners are looking for. So you're going to start with a realtor. you got to get yourself a qualified realtor to come in and purchase the home. Then you need a qualified contractor to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So it is a two-part process here. So we should be working with contractors and association realtors. Just thinking of my I mind. I was actually going to mention another report that we actually do. So our remodeling impact survey. So we work with the National Association of the Remodeling Industry. We work with them and their contractors to look at several different remodeling projects that they're taking on. We're able to get the typical costs that some of these projects might cost. And then from our member side, we look at the resale value. The third part is from our consumers. So we look at the joy level that they uh, receive from taking on these projects. And we also look at some of the projects that you've just mentioned. So looking at insulation upgrades, static conversions, and yeah, a lot of these projects that you've mentioned, we do see that our buyers are taking these on and then also that they are helping with also the resale value. Over the past 12 months preceding the survey, how many of the respondents have been directly involved in properties with green features? We ask our members, again, about their direct involvement, and we saw that 50% of our residential members had been directly involved with a property that had green features, and that was either on the buyer side or seller side of the transaction. There's an awareness out there. Yeah, definitely. Still seeing that right at half of our members are involved with these green feature properties, so they are definitely becoming more aware and maybe more common. Did you detect any significant concern about the effects of climate change on residential real estate markets? So this is one of the newer questions that we've incorporated into our survey. So right now we are not seeing significant concerns, but we did see that about 15% of our residential members noted that between 25 and 74% of their clients are considering these environmental risks during their purchase process, but we still continue to see that a larger share, so 59% of our residential members are saying that less than 24% of their clients are considering these risks. Again, it'll be interesting to see if this continues or if we see any uh, significant changes just as we continue to ask this question. What's your best guess? I I would think that the people who indicated that their clients are concerned about it are people who sell in like coastal areas along the East Coast, the West Coast, or in certain states in the West, i.e. Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, you know, where there's been a lot of talk about, is there going to be enough water? And how is the water divvied up and all that stuff? And on the East Coast, we've had a lot of storms and takes a pounding from hurricanes and things like that. So what's your guess on that? Um, I would have to agree with what you said. Mm-hmm. It would definitely be interesting. And we can definitely in the future take a look at this regionally just to yeah really check on where our members are seeing this happening. But I would have to agree with what you're saying. If I were asked a question before I experienced that, I would answer it totally differently than after I experienced it. Wouldn't you, Kevin? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen me working outside these these rains come and go through the last 30 years that I've been outside. So, But it seems more pronounced now, more more violent. It does to me. I don't work outside, so maybe that's the difference. I don't know. I've definitely been out there where there's some times where we had to cover additions up and wait for days because the rain never stopped and it was coming down like sheets. 
I remember, I, I remember it was about 13, 14 years ago, maybe even longer, when the Delaware River overflowed and there was lines that are up on River Road on the Jersey side of how high that was. Oh, yeah. Because I, I bought remember. a property on oh, River yeah. Road. I just remember how much water I was worried about, that water yeah. coming up. So I, I've seen it through the changes. It's how we're going to build the future of what we're going to do. That's what I keep thinking in my mind. And what features of a home did clients mention as being most important? Uh, so like I mentioned before, some of um, one of the top features that we're seeing as important was those windows, doors, and siding. And then we also see that proximity to frequented places, so such as the grocery store, schools, um, highways. That was also at the top of the list. And that's also, and another one that we see is also having a comfortable living space, which is very interesting. So we saw that those were the top three, and then followed by the um, at-home's utility bills and operation costs. Can you explain any major differences? What are the most major differences or the biggest differences that regionality played in agent and broker responses to specific questions? Some of the big differences that we're seeing in some of the questions that we're asking regionally. So we look at some of the rooftop solar panels and if they're available in different markets and also their uh, effect on property values and also uh, how long they're taking to sell homes with solar panels. But just looking at some of the biggest differences, we see that for having solar panels available in markets, we see that they were most common in the Northeast at 82% and also in the West at 86% um, in comparison to the other two regions. Were there any huge surprises in the work you did to get this survey done? Uh, so this year, there weren't any too big surprises from the report, but I think it's always interesting to see how our presidential members are seeing their clients' interests in some of these different sustainability topics and also just their interest in some of the commuting and transportation features. And that's especially compared to our consumer survey, where we're seeing some of our younger generations that are really taking um, some of these factors into consideration when they're choosing their new neighborhood and new home. Did we miss any high points of the survey? And yeah, just reiterate again that, yeah, our commercial sustainability report will be released in the near future. So I would just look out for that. Yeah, please let us know about that. That would be interesting to have you back on and talk about that. Yes, of course, and I'd be happy to. Hey, Kev, great news on how our listeners can tap into their home equity without taking a loan, making monthly payments, or piling on debt. With Unison, they get up to 17.5% of their home's value to remodel, pay off debt, buy a vacation home, whatever. You have Unison, right? Yep, paid off medical debt. Unison's terms were perfect for me, especially zero monthly payments for up to 30 years. Zero monthly payments? How do they make money? When you sell your home, you pay them the original co-investment amount plus a percentage of the change in your home's value up to 30 years later. How do we learn more? Go to unison.com backslash YVH, which stands for Your Valuable Home. Again, that's unison.com backslash YVH. Additional terms and conditions apply. Visit unison.com backslash YVH for details. Remember the name Provia, your single source for professional class, entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone and metal roofing, products made with latest technology and honest old world craftsmanship. The Provia way. That's this week's podcast. Your Valuable Home comes to you every week on the new Pod City Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, and all other popular podcast directories. If you want us to share your home improvement project or horror story, email me at kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. That's kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. And don't forget to tell your friends and family about Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast that's all about building wealth in residential real estate and hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. <laughs>